0: What's swinging nation? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name is Fred Moore, and today my guest, calling in from the mountains somewhere, he's calling in from the mountains is Mark Wildman. Mark Wildman, if you don't know him, he's got an awesome YouTube channel, Wildman Wildman Athletics. Um, He does great stuff with the mace. He's an engineer, and so his engineer brain is being applied to the mace and how he instructs it how he explains it it's awesome and i'm a big fan of his i'm so happy to have him come on the podcast and talk shop about the steel mace you will be surprised by what he talks about he's very entertaining he's very energetic and like i said he's he's like all mad maxed out i think he was riding his motorcycle through the mountains and he had to like find some little town somewhere where they had like a little bit of a signal so he could get me on the Zoom call. And you know, he's got his sunglasses on. And he just he looks like a desert warrior and and a modern day Mad Max, you know? So um, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this podcast. Before we get to it, just want to let you know if you want discount codes for addicts, for uh Mace Fit, for Venice Strength Training, for Uh, Graziella Coffee Company, Ongo Energy Spray, you got to go over to SteelMaceNation.com, sign up for the newsletter, and then when they release their discount codes, I release a newsletter to you. It gets emailed to you, and it'll have the discount codes for everything as well as other updates. Um, What else do you get besides those type of newsletters? You get updates on the podcast, updates on Articles that are up, and, and any special announcements. Um, I don't flood your email. I'm not a everyday guy. Um, my website guy tells me I should be doing one a week. I'm not even doing that. I I gotta I, I gotta work and stuff, so I don't really have time to to do it. But I'm gonna get better with that. I'd like to be in touch with you guys. You guys are sending me DMs. Thank you very much. You know who you are. Thank you. You're inspiring me. Never mind. I'm inspiring you. I don't know how I'm doing that, but you're inspiring me. So keep doing it. Guys, let's get to the podcast. I want you to hear what Mark Wildman has to say. Don't forget steelmacestation.com. Check out the 21-Day Steel Mace Challenge. It's an ebook. You download it. It's got a three-week workout program in it that you don't even need to use a steel mace. But why wouldn't you? So go check that out at steelmasonrynation.com. Download the ebook or become a member and just get it for free. All right, everybody, let's get to the interview.
1: There's like maybe three people in LA. I think that's all of. In all of L.A., I think it's probably like Venus uh, Venus Lau. Is it Venus Lau? Venus Lau, she's the animal flow, and she does mace, but I don't know how hardcore she is into the mace right now. And then there's um, Ro Cannon, who's, uh but he does, he does old-school wood-turned maces and gattas. And then Tara, Coach Tara, and those are the only three I know in all of southern california there's got to be somebody down in san diego though san diego is like probably going to be a mace hotspot at some point just because i feel like it supports the the san diego lifestyle
0: yeah i agree yeah that's that's probably uh one of the the best places for it to take off but um now you moved out of la right yeah i
1: just i just ditched out
0: (laughs) yeah yeah So everybody, you know, we started the podcast that this is Mark Wildman. And if uh, you don't know who he is, uh, he's got a really awesome YouTube channel. I just started following you, Mark. And, um, you know, one of the first videos I saw, you were training uh, Jack Black. And um, you are a uh, coach for entertainers and stars. And I think it's really interesting that you have incorporated the mace into your training. And, um, uh, I use almost only
1: swinging weights. So like the big thing for me is portability of training. Um, everybody thinks that like in the movie business, you have all the time in the world and all the equipment in the world. And that is a blatant, blatant lie or misunderstanding of the situation in the film and entertainment world. You're constantly on the move and you never have what you need and you never have time. So we're always looking for things that you can move around with you very effectively. Uh, With steel maces, I got a 511 rifle hard case that's just full of steel maces and I drag that thing all over the world with me. Same thing, I have like three that are full of heavy clubs and I have, I've just put in hydro core this year because it solves, it's such a good problem solver because you can actually empty the water out and shove it in a backpack and take it as a carry-on if you're doing a three-day trip to italy or something and you don't have time or the the load to like drag around even your steel maces but i try to have my minimum kit be minimum kit was steel mace now minimum kit is steel case hydro core uh and then up from that is club and then the the hardest thing to drag around is kettlebells because they're just so heavy they you know uh, 24k kettlebell tops the line on what most airlines will let you check in once you box it up and make it prepared to go. And you start, you know, you don't want to drag a whole set of kettlebells with you because it'll cost you three thousand dollars on airline fees to get around.
0: Yeah, and and uh, thanks for the tip on the 511 hard case for carrying. Right now, um, I use a golf bag.
1: And- no, man, you got to get the 511 hard cases. They make these rifle cases, and they come in three lengths. And I can't remember what the length is. I think it's the 42 inch. Uh, most steel maces up to 20 pounds will fit in there. I'm not sure if the 25 fits in there. I think you might have to angle it a little bit if I remember right. I've got one in my trailer up in the mountains, but I haven't looked in it in a week. Yeah. and but the 511 cases are the best because you can, you know, you pack that thing up with 100 pounds worth of steel maces. And they can throw it out of the back of a moving truck at 70 miles per hour. In that case, it's fine.
0: Yeah, it's it's more durable. Yeah, and if you're going to be lugging stuff around, like like my golf bag, the, I'm just waiting for the bottom to blow out while I'm walking with it, you know, because it's designed oh, yeah. for golf clubs. It's not a lot of weight. Yeah. Uh, I, like another,
1: how, I like how uh, you – Another l- great trick is a lacrosse bag.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like yeah you were mentioning the portability and then uh you're up in the mountains and your videos are really cool because you're you're out there man you're just traveling out in the in the rocky it looks like the rocky tundra and you know you got your uh you're bringing gear with you and on a motorcycle sometimes no less yeah you can
1: shove a hydrocore and a mace on a on a DRZ 400 without too much trouble uh It just requires you got to use those black trucker uh, tie-downs, the the thick rubber ones. You tie it down and you strap it over and you can put that on there. And as long as the handle's sticking out the the rear end, you're not going to hit anything. You can't put it anywhere else, really. Otherwise, it causes you to catch a branch and biff it, which is not good. Uh, And the hydro core, you can basically wrap the handles around your waist and just loop them through each other which is actually uh, a trick I actually learned from the guy who invented the hydro core. And then you can take your mace and your hydro core without really affecting your, your riding. And you can still ride those crazy mountain roads to get out to weird spots.
0: Yeah, that's wild, man. And, and, and you also have that awesome black truck that you go out. Yeah, and-
1: yeah that thing is great. Uh, I, I drove all the way out here specifically to go to a diesel shop. So I drove 1,200 miles to go to the best diesel shop I've ever seen with the best mechanics because my truck wasn't running that great just from sitting around in L.A. when I leave for six months at a time or whatever. It just needed to be gone over by like a real guy. And the mechanic out here, Salida Diesel, and this small little mountain town is the best. They're just absolutely geniuses when it comes to that stuff, and there's no bullshit. Don't take your diesel truck to anybody in California. They don't know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, EPA laws, right? And you moved to um, an area, so basically, you're in the mountains, but you have a good diesel mechanic. That was the... Yeah, the the diesel mechanic's 50 miles from where I'm staying, but I was
1: like, it's totally worth it. I'm close enough that I can drive in, and uh, I'm having the whole truck just gone over, you know, pimped out. We're going full Mad Max on it.
0: Good, man. I like it. I can't wait to see what that looks like. It looks awesome already. I'm driving around in just like a regular old pickup truck, but I see yours and I'm like, oh, that is, that is really like what I would love. But you need it. You need it for where you're at. And you, you decided to just bug out and get out of LA. COVID was just crippling you like a lot of people. Right. And you said, I got to make a Yeah. Cheap. Yeah. I held out for,
1: you know, like all good farm boys. I have five months of, you know, stored food and preparation and medical supply and all that stuff. And then it became very clear that LA wasn't being closed for any type of medical reason. It was just being closed. And I was like, at month six, I was like, all right, I'm just going to go to the mountains until somebody decides to open this place back up because cases are low but just with hollywood is great when there's things happening if there is nothing happening it's just a hot desert with bad architecture that's all it is yeah as long as if you can go to rock shows five nights a week and go to the best restaurants in the world then it's awesome if it's if you're just sitting in your studio waiting for somebody that the government to tell you can open up you're like i'll just go to the mountains and wait for the government to tell me i can open back up and if it's six months, it's six months. It doesn't matter because I'll just be in the mountains spinning mace on top of a rock somewhere.
0: <laughs> I love it. And you, and what an awesome pivot because, I mean, now you're uh, making great videos. You're, you, you know, again, I mentioned your YouTube channel and uh, you got a good following on there. Your 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 instruction <laughs> videos are excellent. What is your background in fitness?
1: Uh, my background is actually varied. So. I'm going to go through this. Do you want long form or short form?
0: I'll Uh, give you the high points. Long form.
1: Long form. Uh, I grew up on an equestrian horse therapy farm in Ohio where my mother was both a horse trainer and she trained essentially handicapped people to ride. Paralyzed people, people with autism, no arms, no legs, neurological disorders, you know, brainstorms, all those different types of things so i grew up around what i would consider to be the best coaching in the world if you can coach somebody who is atypical then you really learn to coach and the easiest way to coach somebody who's atypical is to change exactly one thing at a time usually only one thing a day so you're training autistic kids to ride horses or something like that you can't throw 30 instructions at them you can have them accomplish one task and then repeat it over and over and over again And I don't know what everybody else calls this, but over the years, I've learned to call this neuro load, neurological loading. Um, And so I did, I was involved in that when I was young. I moved out to California. I studied biochemical engineering at USC, published research scientist, all that jazz. And I find that after that, uh, I ended up in the circus for a little bit. I gave up on biochemical engineering because being locked in a small dark basement was not super fun for 12 hours a day working for doing research for one of the big oil companies. Um, not super fun. So I decided I wanted to get back out and get back into coaching. So I went back and started doing martial arts and teaching martial arts again. And then, uh, came across this idea that you really go back to the original idea, change one thing at a time. You can communicate to anybody if you change only one thing at a time. And the problem is most coaches are high-level athletes who've become coaches. And there tend to be not great coaches because they don't remember learning what they learned. So what I want to do with all the stuff that I do when I coach is build my way up through an idea and change one thing at a time, Um, which I don't know why other people don't do this. But USC – Started training in Hollywood, worked at 24 Hour Fitness at the Arc Light in Hollywood, if you guys know where that's at. Horrible job. Uh, broke out on my own, became a kettlebell trainer in like, gosh, must be 2005, 2006. Uh, be- started into the heavy club swinging world through Chinese Golden Melon Hammer training and maybe 2007. Just kept working my way up was in the circus for a little bit doing aerial and like multi-person trapeze acts. We were not good aerialists, by the way, we were not a great circus. We were a super like punk rock circus, absolute minimum gear, normal people trying to do something really cool. I always compared to punk rock, you know, four chords and just get at it. Um, and built my way up until I ended up in the film industry just by being good at my job, you know, having answers to people's questions and, Uh, Because of the engineering background, being able to do time management very well. Exactly how much time do we have? What problems do you have? What do we want to solve? How much equipment do we have? How much money do we have? That type of thing. Um, So I run all of my training basically like an engineering education or, or like an engineering equation. And I just do it that way until you end up, you know, working on movies in London.
0: That's awesome. I I love that. That's um a different approach and I think anybody who's a uh a trainer can really benefit just from that little bit that you said to you know try different ways of training people especially like teaching them one thing and and re- reinforcing that and then working oh, when they a yeah. sufficient then you add on and you add on. But do you think that sometimes clients m- might get a little antsy with that? They're not.
1: No, No. it's never once happened that a client is antsy with it. Clients get antsy when you add too much information at any one time and you can start to see it. There's a twitch in the corner of their eye where you overload their brain and they're no longer processing data effectively. Um, Do the same thing with like fight training where, you know, the concept of OODA loop in fight training. No. Observe, orient, decide, act. So there's like old school, uh, traditional Asian ways of doing martial arts training, and it's called flooding. And that's what you see a lot in like jujitsu and Aikido, where there's 700 techniques, right? And you learn them all. and There's a variation. So like take uh, a wrist grab. Uh, a wrist joint lock and you have a wrist joint lock that goes 90 degrees it goes 180 degrees it goes 270 degrees it goes zero degrees there should be five directions and five stepping angles to get into that one movement and that is taught to you on both sides at the same time and then they go up in complexity and it ends up being 30 different variations of the exact same movement and you're not expected to remember it you're expected to remember it in five years They're flooding your brain with so much information. And that's why most people never become good martial artists. They get overwhelmed with the amount of information that's coming in and they can't process it and they can't organize it in their brain. I like to do it a different way way where i slow it down and i make sure people understand it and we go through all the basic learning techniques when we do it we have them do it we have them say the words aloud because you oh it's always funny you get some super badass hardcore actor and you go like i just want you to say the words inside circle and they go inside circle you know and it becomes this like really quiet thing because they don't have the confidence in order to do it and you just make them repeat saying those words until they get it until they're comfortable saying it When they're comfortable saying it and they're comfortable doing it, they can explain it back to you and their answer gets shorter every time. Then they're learning that information. They're internalizing it and they're keeping it and it's going to last in their head for a long time. So that's like, I don't think that changing one thing at a time. Ooh. Thank you. Young lady. Just got a flower.
0: Hey, look at that. Look at that. Uh, See, that's worth it coming to town for. Forget about the podcast. You got a little girl gives you a flower
1: yeah a little girl just ran up she's running up and down the street giving flowers to everybody that's cool uh put it in my hat or something later okay. um <clears throat> yeah so i think that changing one thing at a time is super crucial to allowing people to have a good understanding of what they're doing and you'll see that
0: hey pardon the interruption guys i just wanted to give you another second to catch up with our show sponsors adex mace and clubs AdexClub.com, uh, macefit.com and uh, vintage strength training.com who is also the vintage strength games uh, those are my those are my main sponsors guys i want you to know that they offer discount codes and if you go sign up for the newsletter you can get those discount codes and uh, they change. They're regularly changing discount codes. So that's why we pushed them over to the newsletter because they're not going to be the same thing on the podcast every time. And uh, that could get confusing for people. I also want to let you know that uh, Graziello Coffee Company is a great sponsor too. Uh, they make awesome coffee. I have a bag of roasted beans delivered to my house every month, and it's always like a different flavor. Um, and I drink like one or two cups a day and I love it. And you can get a discount for Grazielle Coffee Company. And I will give you that code right now because I don't think it's going to change. And it's, uh, Mace Nation 15. So you type in Mace Nation 15 and you get 15% off. The coffee beans are delivered to your house. You grind your beans and you make your coffee. Uh, guys, thank you for supporting the po- the sponsors and thereby supporting the podcast. Let's get back to the interview.
1: In my YouTube channel, in the MACE, the MACE pro, uh, videos that I do are numbered and they're meant to be done in order every day. So you do MACE video one and you try that. And then that, bye. <laughs> you're still running up and down the street you do mace video one and you try it out and then the next day you come back and you do mace video one mace video Two. And the third day you do one two three then you do one two three four and so you're constantly reinforcing one but by the time you get to 10 you've done 10 days video one is on autopilot your body has internalized that idea and you're adding it up so every day we keep adding something to it we change From the same video, but the idea is the same. You practice that, and you get better and better and better. The goal is to trick people into being insanely good at the basics, and to put those basics on autopilot. If you keep changing, if you give people way too much stuff at once, it just doesn't work well. You can do that. You can actually do flooding technique, but you have to do it in person. It doesn't work digitally.
0: Yeah, good point. Yeah, that you lose a lot digitally, but that is a fantastic. thing that you have there and especially with the mace it is uh it looks sometimes complex sometimes it looks simple it depends on what you're doing but at the end of the day when you're teaching somebody they need to have it broken down so basic and simple uh um, yeah but but reinforced and and it, that's a good technique because um they're always coming back for uh, something new, which, which is always uh, keeping them inspired and fresh, but they're yeah. hammering the old thing and getting that into place, which like you said, is, is teaching the basics. So yeah. when did you, um, when did you start actually using a mace and, and how, like how did you come across it? What did somebody show you? And when-
1: uh, I always, what, basically I always wanted to do mace in Kung Fu. There's something called Kwon do. Uh, and if you look up uh, Mei Ling, uh, what's Mei Ling's last name? I can't, remember, I can't pronounce it. Mei Ling, she's going to be in the new Suicide Squad 2 movie. She's a fantastic actress from Tenerife, I think. Uh, but she's super hardcore kung fu. And what she does is a, the old, old, old 5,000-year-old version of Mace, which is called kwando which is a big metal handle with a blade on the end of it it looks like a curved sword blade it's basically a fat fat machete blade and this is like one of the higher ideas in kung fu is you practice all your basic weapons and you get up to Kwan Do and Kwan Do becomes your martial specific uh weight training um and so i've been looking at Kwan Do for the last 20 years And trying to find somebody to teach it to me effectively and just like happened with golden melon hammers i finally realized that there was nobody to teach it to me and i had to go ahead and take the information that i had visually rip it apart into small pieces and teach it to myself um so i've been thinking about mace for a long time but i got sidetracked into heavy club swinging for like 12 years and then once steel maces actually became affordable uh, when on it made them affordable, you know, a hundred bucks and under, as opposed to what they were back in the days of scientific wrestling, where they were four hundred dollars a piece. They became affordable. I just the second they came out. I wore a whole pile of them. I already, I ended up with twenty or like four twenties for some reason because I was buying them and handing them to people and being like, let's let's all try this out. Let's try this out. Let's try this out. And so I started going back using what I knew from heavy club swinging. And then relearning it with a different balance point and then was like, oh, look, you can do flips, which is not something you can actually do with Kwon do. But then, so half the time I'm ripping apart Kung Fu forms, like watching Chinese monks do martial movement. And the other half of the time I'm watching guys on Instagram, like Mace Pick from Austin. You guys a genius. Um, I watch their videos and I go through and I take just a five second clip and I analyze it and I break it down and then I set a minute timer on each side and I start doing it and then I do this thing where I do isolate, isolate, integrate, where I practice it on one side, I practice it on the other side and then I try to find how many transitions I can get between the left and the right side and that leads you into 10 10 new drills every day and you just explode your mind, and then you take some time. If you're on set you watch these kung fu videos and you try and break them down, okay, left leg, league horse stance, transition, rotate across into dragon stance, do a spin. How do I do that spin? Because it's not a Kwando, and just, you just keep ripping it apart. It's just the nerdiest version of training. Yeah, I mean, that's why I love mace. Mace is the nerdiest possible version of training, and it's, I, there is no end to it. There's no end to it. So if you have an hour a day to kill and you really want to work it, like that's the way to do it. Steel mace, man.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, and and I could tell, like the way you were explaining it up up to the end there, I could see how how interested you are in it on the on the mind level, on the mental level. And on that note, um, as far as keeping your mind occupied and 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 entertained and being a skill that you know remembering and having to follow patterns and everything uh what's your opinion on on how it is for your mental aspects of your life
1: i i mean i don't know why i think in 15 years they will teach this to stroke survivors i mean because there is a concept in training called brain gym and it's this whole extremely elaborate a long, brutal system of uh, helping people with brain injuries and stuff like that. Uh, it's something called crossing your center line. People who have various types of brain injuries lose their ability to cross the center line or rotate certain directions. And if you wanted to take anybody with any type of traumatic brain injury or stroke or autism or anything, and you were going to teach them something, I would teach them steel mace the increasing complexity, crossing the center line, movements both inside towards the center line and outside away from the center line, movements in front of the body, movements behind the body. I could not think of a more perfect system of brain-body coordinated skill training. I don't think that there is one. I think that people stumbling across the idea of steel mace has become a perfect system. Because you can start with inside circles, outside circles in 360s, and build that infinitely like in my videos i still haven't even gotten into leg movement yet i'm just trying to get people to do coordinated hand movement and eventually all those coordinated hand movements will then go into all the stepping patterns and i'll start using the stepping patterns from kung fu first and do mirror images on all sides and turning left and turning right and uh, I don't think it could be any better. I don't see anything that could be better because of your ability to flip it and catch it and reverse sword grip just opens up a vast, vast, infinite amount of training. I mean, I, th- I think it's functionally
0: infinite. I can't. There's no way there could be an end to it. I, I. That's what I always say. I say the same exact thing. It's It's infinite. And what I notice when I coach people when they first start off, like you kind of just – you just mentioned it a little bit, you, you, depending on what they take to you, you could start them off anywhere in, yes. in, in it like if, it, if they're If they seem to be good at doing a swing, go with it that's that 's their starting point, but if that 's like a real tough patch for them, but they like to do the leg movements and they and they're they 're good with uh, you know doing switching back and forth then yeah that's where that 's where you take them to, and then let let them kind of follow their own mace journey and let them figure it out on the way yeah be there to kind of guide them
1: yeah i think it's incredible and i always start a very similar spot because i start at the same spot that i start um heavy club training at i don't start with front to back movements i always start with lateral movements inside circles outside circles alternating circles because those are the movements that aren't covered in any other type of training yeah right barbell moves up and down forward and back right uh kettlebells moves curve linear usually up uh heaving heaving and pitching is most of all kettlebell movements when you get into things like heavy clubs and mace you get into
0: all those
1: uh losing my six degrees of freedom language here
0: like the rotational movements the yeah
1: yawing yawing of the spine so i start everybody at yawing of the spine which is the vertical rotation around the vertical center axis and that is very much not taught in anything other than steel mace and heavy club swinging and so if you can you can take anybody you could take a 90 year old lady or an olympic power lifter olympic lifter and teach them that and it's going to be outside of their normal range of movement the way that their brain is normally moving and i always have this thing if something's if there's a problem you rotate 90 degrees around it and then you go the other way right as a way so people are like ah i got hurt doing deadlifts like do inside circles do outside circles and do alternating circles because you're going to rotate yaw your spine and put your hips in different positions the entire time. I think that that's probably the most effective way to train people. So I always start there and then I end up later with steel mace doing the front to back stuff.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a nice approach. And now you also mentioned Olympic power lifting and, um, uh,
1: Olympic lifting. Sorry. Oli- I misspoke. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Olympic lifting. Yeah. Um, and i 've had the opportunity to uh, have podcasts with people like uh, tennis coaches and 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 Olympic lifters and stuff, and who are starting to use the steel mace which which is great and now i 'm starting to see uh, the mace leak out into other things like sports. Do you feel that this is something that 's going to catch on in like baseball tennis, hockey that type of thing, or yeah I think. I
1: think that people who play any type of throwing or racket sport, that sport, I mean, I couldn't think. I just made a video about, like, the tennis serve, and it's an outside heavy club swipe, which is also a uh, steel mace outside heavy club swipe. And it's like, there is – I don't think there could be a better exercise for tennis. I just don't think – or tennis or handball, right? There isn't one. It's exactly the same movement chains, but you can jack the weight way, way, way up. And if they can go up in weight, then they have better alignment and they'll create more power with less injury. It's just it's of doing things like steel mace. But I think steel mace is gonna come up much faster. Heavy clubs is hard and it's very specific and mathematical how you make progress in it steel mace has a different kind of learning technique and it's like you can hand somebody a 10 pound mace and start with 10 minutes and add two minutes a day and build up to 60 minutes and then get a heavier mace and do the exact same thing and you can trick them into doing lots of very specific movements and it's just such a good learning technique that it goes very well with something like olympic lifting because olympic lifting is your sets of you know one to five uh and your program is brutally long it's usually what two hours long for olympic lifters a day five six days a week that's like the short that's like the crossfit version i don't even know what the real guys are doing but if you could take something and put in an hour of 10 pound steel mace into an olympic lifters program as part of his warm-up or his active recovery oh it's just such a it's it's almost perfect yeah so good yeah, uh, I, from an engineering perspective it's just it checks every single box
0: yeah, definitely um yeah i I would like if you have that scenario happening and a bunch of Olympic lifters are starting to use the mace and they're being coached properly how to use it when to use it why they're using it you could definitely see that their their lifts their pro, their primary lifts are could go up a good amount you know new and it's records. just going kind
1: to of re- it's going to reduce their injury rate massively. Because right. Olympic lifters are so specific to heaving and pitching. And that overhead movement with the thoracic spine extension. Oh, man. If you just took them and had them do very light mace, 10 pounds to 15 pounds for an hour, five days a week. A, their creativity would be amazing. They would just – they really probably learned to. they'd they'd love it i think i think that they would love the complexity as compared to just the pure straight repetitive breakdowns um i think it would do so much for their rotation and their stability of their spine and outside ranges of movement granted olympic lifters are some of the strongest people on the planet obviously but i think that if you combine those two things it would be you'd make a scary individual i think you'd make a terrifying individual (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's a good word terrifying yeah you're you're absolutely right and you know the, the how about shoulder health with the mace like my my little thing about this podcast I think this is the only reason why I started the podcast was to talk to people who know what they're talking about and say hey what do you say to people who think swinging a mace is bad for your shoulders I think those guys are complete morons and they have no idea how the human body works. I
1: know it's, it's, it's a rough answer, but the human shoulder is fundamentally designed to throw things. Right. And straight line training is a new idea. I don't think it existed in history, you know, up until a hundred years ago and it didn't exist the way that we think of it now until what 40 or 50 years ago tops, right? Like people, the old, the first way that people trained, is with Mace. Go to the British Museum, walk in, walk to the Rosetta Stone, turn left and go down that hallway and you'll see the Acadians, the Acadian wall sculptures that are I don't know, how old is Acadia? Way before the ancient Greeks. Uh, it's got to be 3000 years old. Somebody check me on that. I'm not quite sure. Acadians could be back as far as 4000 years. It goes like ancient Sumer, Ur, er, and then Acadia, and then they were replaced by the Persians who fought the who fought the Spartans. But that was that's you were one empire before that Persian Empire there. Um, and if you go in there and you look at the stone carvings, every guy has a mace in his hand. Every guy in that sculpture has a mace in his hand. People have been doing this for a long time. The idea. And they wouldn't have done it if it wasn't effective and it didn't make them better warriors. Because back then they weren't athletes. They were warriors and they were killers. And so they picked the thing that was absolutely best at that. And it's mace. It's in in every sculpture. That's how important it was to those ancient civilizations that they memorialized it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times in their stone carvings, which are meant to last forever. That's how you preserve information forever. You carve it in stone. Or into gold plates, but different story. So people have been doing this for a long time. For people who say that it's not good for your shoulder, I just don't know if those people do anything real. I don't understand it. They might be great at some specific modern sport, but like atlas stone lifting instead of barbell lifting. You know, people used to lift atlas stones. It's a very different way of lifting than we've created in the modern world. Right. Right. And mace and heavy club swinging is, are the oldest recorded forms of training known to man, and they wouldn't have existed for 5,000 years of recorded history if they weren't effective at keeping your shoulder healthy. They exactly mimic the movements of sword fighting. I don't know if you do any sword fighting or anything, but it really helps. You end up with a lot less injuries. Um, sort of side story, I was working on a movie in Scotland, and we had a guy, and – I'd been training my actor with heavy clubs because I was like, sword swinging on horses, man. There's nothing more perfect than heavy club swinging and mace for this. And we had a guy and he rolls into the gym and I was like, have you ever done any of this before? I highly recommend we get started now because you have a bunch of sword fighting scenes. And he was like, I'm a, I'm a power lifter. He's you know? like, I don't, I don't need it. I'm super strong. And I was like, all right. First day, what would he tear out? His elbow. Day oh, one. <laughs> swinging his sword. Yeah, we had to work around it for the rest of the movie. And it was just like, yes, powerlifting is great. It is awesome to deadlift 400 pounds, especially if you're 160 pounds when you're doing it. That's incredible. Does that make you super great at swinging swords around for extended periods of time? It does not. But mace swinging does. Mace swinging does make you much more prepared for violent sports and violent actions for throwing Have you ever thrown an atlatl? No, I would love to, though. Why, you've thrown one? Yeah, I got one. I was just throwing an atlatl last night, and I haven't done it in, like, five years. And I was like, man, I'm making some distance, Yeah, you know? And it's just from doing mace. And I was like, it's every time you do a little thing like that, you're like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what we should have been doing. Because I didn't swing mace when I learned atlatl and was like, wow this is way, way easier. How did know, How did we not know this? How do we not know this as a society? How have we ignored it for yeah. so long? It would be absolutely fantastic to just see MACE explode. I think it would solve massive amounts of health problems in America. Just, I think we would reduce the cost on the medical system vastly if everybody was taught MACE in high school or elementary school or something.
0: Yeah, I, that's what, what I agree with too. And, you know, as a firefighter i've been trying to introduce it into the fire service as a great way to train especially with what we do um yeah what's that
1: thing where you guys got to use that
0: cane to knock out uh ceiling tiles yeah that's yeah. A, a pipe pole a pipe pole yeah pipe pole. so it's a- it's a weighted it's it's a stick with a weight on the end except it's a point and you got to go up and down up and down with it yeah. poke it through the ceiling you got to pull down you got your your tank on your back so those straps are digging into your traps right so they're tiring out quick your shoulders are under a lot of stress with that it's a very good example yeah. but there's also axes there's halogens there's and then there's just um the the way you move around and you're working with the gear on um yeah and, and, and it's, there's nothing better for extended spinal
1: spinal stability nothing
0: yes right that's yeah, yeah. And I was going to ask you, you know, like if, if a guy – it doesn't have to be a firefighter. It could be anybody. It's somebody who hasn't been training for a while. Maybe they used to do bodybuilding t- types of workouts when they were younger. You know, they went to the gym with their friends or whatever, but they just stopped. Now they, they want to get back into shape. Do you agree with they should start with the mace before they go back to doing anything else? Oh,
1: 100%. <laughs> 100%. You start with a lightweight, and you start building up, and you're firing all those muscles. I mean, you know, setting a timer, and doing a minute left, a minute right, and adding a step. You're going to end up with thousands of low-level core contractions and rotations. I couldn't think of anything better in order to bring somebody back up to training level. I mean – I would have them build up and start adding minutes to a mace program. And then if they want to get back into their previous sport, powerlifting or bodybuilding, which has a lot of powerlifting in it, then I would have them do the mace first because that's going to make sure that their spine moves and everything is stable and their abs are firing correctly. The transverse abdominus is coming on that way. When they get back to the bar, they get back to that hammer strength machine. Everything is firing in order the way that it should, and they should be able to progress super fast
0: excellent answer that's mark wildman right there for you everybody telling you like it is mark what's the best way for people to reach you uh and and what's the, what do you got coming down the pike anything interesting um that they should be cognizant of
1: uh uh they can look me up on youtube Mark Wildman. I think it's just Mark Wildman. I think it's probably just Mark Wildman or Mark Wildman Trainer. And just look up, like, Mark Wildman plus Mace. And I spend two hours a day answering comments on those things, if I can, if I can get signal. Uh, coming down the pipe for me, um, I'm working on an app here. I'm trying, to, or I'm trying to get five years of training shoved into an app. It's a bit of a challenge, but there's going to be a huge section on heavy club swinging in there that should be – should be a five-year program with data tracking and the whole nine. Uh, We won't have heart rate in it immediately, but we will have the data tracking. And uh, we're going to keep working on our May series on YouTube. I told people I would make at least 100 of those. So we're going to make 100 of those uh, over the course of the next six months. I'm trying to do two a week. That gives people a chance to digest that information, integrate it, and move on. Yeah. So that's what I'm up to.
0: All right, that's awesome. Look forward to uh, seeing more videos and that app sounds really interesting. So everybody keep your eye out for that. Uh, Once again, is Mark Wildman calling in from the mountains somewhere in the United States. You got your flower. You got the rest of the day ahead of you. Yeah, I'm gonna go drive my truck around around some back roads. Sounds good. Get some video done, right?
1: Yeah, get a little Uh, bit of video done. All right.
0: Mark, uh, look, I look forward to talking to you again down, down the line. I appreciate your time today. Um, everybody, uh, when uh, you get to the opportunity, check out Mark over on his YouTube channel. Thanks, Mark. All right.
1: Th- thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. Take care. Take care.